Exclusive conversations. International specialists. Scientific knowledge. Voices, Voices of Science. Welcome back to Voices of Science, a podcast for specialists by specialists. This is the sixth episode. During this season, we present to you a conversation with Dr. Peter Smith about various topics related to triple negative breast cancer. Dr. Smith is a medical oncologist and works in the Parts Cancer Institute in London, England. In the previous episode, Dr. Smith shared some insights about the management of a MBC patient with BRAC mutation and PDL1. In this episode, he will give us his impressions on the Impassion 131 study. Let's begin. Voices, Voices of, science. of Science The Impassion 131 trial was a requirement by the FDA, but was also designed based on our, uh, on our desire to see can we see similar results as in Impassion 130 with a slightly different chemotherapy backbone? Because it is obviously an important question for us to know, do we always have to use now paclitaxel or would conventional paclitaxel give us a similar benefit? There's indirect data from other tumor types that paclitaxel may work similarly well. And in, in, in other disease settings in triple negative breast cancer, we also saw good results with, with paclitaxel. So the Impassion 131 trial was designed similar in a similar way to Impassion 130, but with a few distinct differences. First of all, it was a slightly smaller study with only around 650 patients. The trial was two to one randomized, so which means the control arms are getting relatively small. And if you look at patients with PD1 positive tumors, the control arm is only around 100 patients, which I think we need to take into consideration when we look at the results. Most importantly, patients were, uh, were required uh, uh, to, to have dexamethasone as part of the co-medication, at least in the first two cycles with paclitaxel. Uh, when we look at the trial results, it is a negative trial from a progression-free survival uh, point of view. The hazard ratio is, 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 is 0.82. We see in the first six months, the curves, the PFS curves, even in PD1-positive patients, uh, are essentially overlapping. But then there seems to be a possible separation of the curves, but that is not significant. In terms of overall survival, again, there's no signal that atezolizumab improves the outcome in, 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 in this trial. The question is how to interpret these data. Is the lack of a benefit, is it down to the fact that we chose the different chemotherapy backbone with paclitaxel? Is it possibly down to steroids? Or may it just be an, a, 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 some, some, some imbalances in, in, in the trial? We all know triple negative breast cancer is a highly heterogeneous disease. And if you look, for example, at the control group, paclitaxel alone, in patients with PD1 positive tumors in the Impassion 131 trial, overall survival was around 28 months. That's unheard of in any other trial. So, so, so for me personally, uh, I obviously have to accept and respect the data of the Impassion 131 trial and therefore would put a slight caution towards the use of paclitaxel rather than paclitaxel in the context of immune therapy. However, I also think there are some challenges and, and, and issues with this trial. And for me personally, the question still remains open whether we could possibly achieve similar good results with, with, with other chemotherapies other than paclitaxel. Impassion 130 
versus Impassion 131. Impassion 131 and Impassion 130 are similar, Charles, in as much as they both focus on the first-line metastatic triple negative breast cancer setting. Both use a taxane backbone. Uh, both, both consider patients with a treatment-free interval of at least a year. There are at least three distinct differences between those trials. The most important one is obviously the chemotherapy backbone. Impartial 130 used napaclitaxel, whereas Impartial 131 used paclitaxel. The second difference is that the trial is smaller and two-to-one randomized. Impartial 131, so 600 patients, 650 patients, two-to-one randomized, whereas Impartial 130 was around 850 patients, one-to-one randomized. That's important for the size of the control arm, because a small control arm can be more susceptible to possible biases in, 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 in patient selection. The third difference is that the, that the Impassion 131 trial require the use of dexamethasone steroid co- and pre-medication uh, to, to make the application of paclitaxel safe initially, whereas in, with napaclitaxel, most patients receive this without steroid dose. Conclusions about Impassion 131. The Impassion 130 trial is, is, is what, what we have so far is progression-free survival data and overall survival data. If you look at this subgroup of interest, progression-free survival in, in patients with, with PD1 positive tumors measured by SP1 for two, stating 1% or, or, or higher, the trial is negative. The hazard ratio is 0.82. It doesn't meet statistical significance. But if you look at the shape of the curves, they're overlapping for the first six months. And then we can see a possible separation of the curves, but clearly not significant. The preliminary overall survival data, again, show no statistical, statistically significant difference with a hazard ratio of 1.12 between uh, a placebo and atezolizumab. But what is interesting, looking at the median overall survival in the control group, as are patients who received paclitaxel and placebo, which was 28.3 months. Now, that is a very a highly unusual result for triple negative breast <coughs> and really raises the question whether we had some degree of, 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 of patient selection uh, here, because there's clearly a group of patients with very favorable prognosis with conventional therapy in the control arm. Takeaways of the difference in impassion results. Impassion 131 clearly shows different results to Impassion 130 as the trial fails to demonstrate a benefit in progression-free survival and in overall survival in both ITT and, and, and PD1 positive uh, populations. The question is, where does this come from? Is it down to possible patient selection, triple negative breast cancer being a very heterogeneous disease? or it's also partly down to the trial design. If you look at the factors that are different between the two trials, the, 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 most, so the most obvious factor is the different chemotherapy backbone. Paclitaxel as compared to not paclitaxel, and in particular the need to use steroid pre-medication with, with paclitaxel as compared to not paclitaxel. But there are also other considerations. It is, it is a PFS-driven trial, and, 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 and obviously the data of Impassion 130 were already out there at the time Impassion 131 was, 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 was performed. And it is, it is not beyond imagination that this may also have had a, a, a slight impact on how this trial was done. 
overall, we have a positive trial with nalpaclitaxel, and we have a negative trial with paclitaxel, and, and, and that is the, the, the biggest differentiator. So with this in mind, I would put a caveat in front of the use of paclitaxel outside clinical trials. Analysis of results in the context of other immunotherapies trials. The Kino 355 trial is again similar to the Impassion 130 trial, but differs in three main points, apart from using a different checkpoint inhibitor with pembrolizumab as compared to atezolizumab in Impassion 130. The first point that is different is, is, is patients and doctors had a choice between three different chemotherapy regimens conventional paclitaxel, napaclitaxel, or gencitabine carboplatin, and this was not randomized, the, the, the assignment of the chemotherapy regimens. As a result of, 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 the, of being able to use platinum as well, the Keno 355 trial allowed patients with only six months disease-free interval to go onto the trial as compared to at least 12 months in the Impassion 130 trial. The third difference is the, is the biomarker strategy. And uh, well, whilst in Passion 130 used the SP1 for two assay with a 1% cutoff, the Kino 355 trial used the 2 to C3 antibody with, a, with two different cutoffs CPS1, which is 80% of the patients, and CPS10, which is around 40% of patients. That's all for today's podcast of Voices of Science. In our next episode, Dr. Schmidt will talk about what's next for immunotherapy atezolizumab in TMBC. It's interesting, in as much as the trial, both trials have very, very similar trial results. If you look at the hazard ratio for progression-free survival, it's almost identical. We'll be glad to have you back in the next episode of Voices of Science. Thank you. Until next time. Voices of Science.